It is Friday, October 15th here at Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 6 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaaf. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at fansharesports.com. Jared, I, I keep, I'm in this chair with arms on it, so I keep like putting my elbows down and I feel like I'm getting hunched up. So let me know if I look too tense during any of these picks. I don't want to look like I'm delivering any single pick too hard because, you know, we got to make sure that we massage these lineups to fit our different contests. I think you look great. Um, let's, hope your, let's hope your picks are as good as you look tonight. Yeah. Thank you. I'll get relaxed. I hope my forehead's not too shiny. But for those of you listening, forget about it. My, my shoulders are hunched and I'm serious about every pick. Jared, let's get to the cash quarterbacks here. And there are a lot of injuries getting in the way yeah. of all the picks. And I'm sure we're going to talk about a lot of them at every position. But let's start out with cash quarterback and see what you have for the people. Yeah, I don't know how you can set a lineup right now. You know, if you're playing, like, you, like you, we need to wait to get some of these updates on Sunday morning, hopefully. And a bunch of these guys. I mean, Taylor Heineke was my cash game quarterback 12 hours ago. Love the spot against Kansas City. Has the highest total of the week. Uh, you know, Chiefs defense, bottom three in basically any metric you look at. And Heineke has been a good fantasy quarterback. You know, he struggled last week against the Saints, which was kind of predictable, a tough matchup. But Heineke had 23-plus DK points in, in each of the three games before that. Um, but now Terry McLaurin's iffy for this game with a hamstring. It does sound like he's going to play that. You know, he had a tight hamstring on Friday, and they just wanted to be safe, you know, cautious with him and hold him out of practice. Um, Washington's also missing two O-linemen, though. And again, it's the Chiefs, so I don't know how much it matters. The matchup's so good. I don't, I don't know if the Chiefs can take advantage. But um, I guess, you know, it, if McLaurin ends up playing on Sunday, Heineke will likely be my cash game quarterback. If not, I think uh, the pivot for me would be up to Lamar Jackson um, for 7300 bucks. You know, you have to kind of change your whole lineup around. Uh, you know, going up to that tier of pricing, but I, I do think he, I didn't think he's the next best play behind Heineke. I really like too how DraftKings lets you build those lineups without entering into something, so you can set that you know lineup where you have to change more than just the quarterback and have right. either option ready for you. I, that, that's not available on FanDuel, is it? Or I just not find it. Not that I know of, but I spend a lot more time on DraftKings. So. I've looked around for it because it seems like it should be prominent. I don't know why you wouldn't have it in there. If anything, it would seem like it would make somebody play more. But yeah, Taylor Heineke, it's supposed to be Taylor Heineke week. And on Friday, you know, Terry McLaurin of all people comes down with an injury. And it's a hamstring of all injuries. It's not like uh, his quad was a little sore. He's got a glute pull. His neck was iffy because he slept wrong. It's a hamstring. That's the scariest injury for any wide out, especially a speed guy. So, you know, we'll see. Of course, they used the catchphrase now, an abundance of caution, which I don't really know what that means. It's you're either being cautious or you're not. So we'll see if Terry McLaurin plays. Certainly, if he plays, makes a big difference with Taylor Heineke. And I think we'll be watching the reports on him Sunday. If, if it gets to that day and it's like, yeah, he's fine. It was tight on uh, Friday. Saturday was feeling better. Today, he said he's feeling nothing, so he's ready to play. Or if it's like he's going to test it out pregame and then we'll see how it goes. You know, those could be two different things because he could play the game and still be very iffy. So we'll see where that goes for Taylor Heineke. I think T Daniel Jones also available. 
as a, a fallback at 5,500. He's only a hundred dollars more. He's been cleared from his concussion. So that on the other hand is not the kind of injury. I think that we need to worry too much mm-hmm. about re-injury on, I think for Daniel Jones's sake, he should be a little bit, he should be using an abundance of caution about <laughs> deciding whether to play this Sunday. But if he's in there, I'm going to go ahead and trust that he'll be all right. Joe Burrow, I think at 6,300 is also in play for cash. Uh, if you're like me and you're scared to spend that much for Lamar Jackson on a cash quarterback yeah. and, you know, handcuff yourself at the other positions. And then I think Matthew Stafford's probably about as high as I'll go price wise in a cash lineup without having built it out yet. I'll, I'll see if I can get somewhere comfier, but $6,700 Matthew Stafford tops our QB dollars per point for DraftKings this week. You know, maybe he goes lighter on volume because they handle the Giants easily. But I think if he does that, he'll probably throw a couple touchdowns on the way. Yeah, I think Daniel Jones being back um, helps Stafford a little bit. Just, you know, makes the Giants more likely to stay in that game. So, yeah, I was surprised to see Stafford topping our dollars per point projections. You know, we do have him projected for 300 plus yards. So he gets that bonus. So that's helping his DraftKings projection. Um, Yeah, I agree with Daniel Jones, too. I think he if you make a if you make a Heineke lineup and love it. Jones is like the easy pivot. You can just go down to him and keep the rest of your lineup the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, GPP side, I think Matthew Stafford looks like he might show up as a sneakier option over there as well. Giants are so bad in, in coverage. They're among the top eight in our adjusted fantasy points allowed for both wideouts and tight ends. So I think there's some double stack appeal with either Cooper Cup or Robert Woods and Tyler Higby to kind of differentiate uh, from anybody else using those wideouts. And it doesn't look like Matthew Stafford's going to carry high ownership. Yeah. That, that giants Rams game is like the one where we've actually gotten good injury news over the past couple of days. So that game's become more interesting, interesting to me for tournaments, um, really stacking either side, more likely the Rams with, you know, a, a Sterling Shepard or a Kadarius Tony bring back on the giant side. So I like that one. Um, I, you know, I, I still like the Washington Kansas city game for, for tournaments. We got to see about McLaurin. We got to see about Tyree Kill. You know, th- those guys need to be in there if that game's going to deliver, I think. Um, so I'm interested in Heineke and Mahomes in tournaments. And then Justin Herbert, like I, I, I wasn't kidding when I said last week, I'm going to play him in tournaments every week. I just, I, th- the Chargers are this year's Bills to me, where just th- the way they play and how aggressive they are, it, it's going to help the Chargers and it's going to help their opponents put up points too. I just think there's going to be a lot of, a lot of high scoring games involving the Chargers. Yeah, it's just so easy to believe in Justin Herbert. Every time you watch him play, it just, it it works. I I agree. My primary pool, I think, you know, Matthew Stafford's in play, but I think my primary pool for quarterback on the tournament side is Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes for that ultimate ceiling potential. Obviously Patrick Mahomes, I think depends on Tyreek Hill being in there, but his situation seems kind of opposite from McLaurin's where McLaurin was fine all week. And then Friday he hits us with the hamstring. Tyreek Hill was out Wednesday, Thursday, practices Friday, and they're like, I look like Tyreek Hill. So, you know, we'll see where things are Sunday. But assuming Hill's in there, I think that's that's the primary pool. And I, also, I want to throw out Aaron Rodgers, who I'm not – I wouldn't say I'm excited about him and his spot, but any time that he's coming in at really low ownership, he's just worth a look. I've seen it happen too many times where I'm like, I'm not playing Aaron Rodgers this week because I have these other guys. And then Aaron Rodgers is like 2% owned in tournaments, mm-hmm. and he throws four touchdowns against whoever he's playing. Yeah, the ownership's interesting. I, I think my pushback on Rodgers would be he he just hasn't been a ceiling quarterback this year so far, and the Bears just don't seem like a team that's gonna you know push a ceiling outing out of Aaron Rodgers. So you know yeah. if I, if I'm building twenty plus lineups, I'd probably get there. But if I'm only building five or six like I usually do, I, I probably won't get there, Rodgers. 
Yeah, he, he wouldn't be my primary guy. And those are all the reasons I, I feel like I usually give. I'm like, eh, it doesn't sound an exciting yeah. matchup. He's been just yeah. okay. And then he goes and throws four touchdowns. And three of them are Devontae Adams. And you're like, well, I guess I needed those guys to win this particular tournament. Yeah. So, uh, running back for cash, what are you playing? I, I think the first decision is what do you do with these cheap – well, I guess, the, I guess the first thing for me now is Kareem Hunt to me is a, is a lock. Um, assuming we don't get a Sunday report that, like, you know, these injuries he's on the injury report where they're actually serious, I think – I think he's going to be fine. If, if we don't get anything about him being limited Sunday, I think Hunt is a lock at 6,200. But that, but then it's these cheap running backs. So Devontae Booker, 5,400. Daryl Williams, 4,900. And Khalil Herbert, 4,600. Um, I, I think they're I think they're priced pretty well, like where they should be. So none of them stand out as the clear best play. If I can get to Booker, I'd probably go there. I just I feel the best about his volume. Um, I think you know he's going to get – almost every single running back touch for the Giants. He's capable in the passing game. Um, the Rams run defense is not great. So I think you're going to get you know at least 15 touches out of Booker. So he's my favorite among those three. But if you do need the savings, I think Williams and Herbert are both nice plays at their prices. Just got breaking news, by the way, from Jay Glazer saying that Cliff Kingsbury tested positive for COVID. So he's not going to be around for the Cardinals game. He wasn't going to be in my lineup anyway, but you know, it'd be interesting to see how that might affect things for Arizona. I'm not sure how we could adjust who we're playing. And I, we'll talk about that matchup a little bit more, but I agree. You kind of have to start by looking at those cheap running backs and figuring out what you're going to do. I'm glad that none of them is $4,000 because it's annoying when a running back who's not that good, and I think all these guys qualify as not that good, is 4K, and you're like, well, I kind of have to play him some because if he scores a touchdown, then he's a kind of a must-own at that level. So mm-hmm. 4,600 for Khalil Herbert, like you said, 49 for Darrell Williams, 54 for Booker. I think they all make sense. I think Herbert is the riskiest um, just because he's the least established. He's in the worst offense. I mean, you know, we don't like the Giants' offense, but – it's better than what the Bears are throwing out there these days. So mm-hmm. they're all in play. I'm not sure if I will land on any of them until I really build out lineups and see if I need to get down that far. Because there's value at, at tight end and wide receiver and even quarterback that we already talked about. So you might not need to go down to those guys. But I do mm-hmm. think that they all potentially fit. And I agree that Booker is kind of the safest bet for that touch count that we want. DeAndre Swift is also chiefly in the mix here. And, you know, that's kind of a reason why I might not have to go down because 6,300 for DeAndre Swift and his ceiling, you know, it's not a seven, seven and a half K uh, running back that makes it tougher to fit, you know, more middle priced players at the position. We mentioned Thursday that the Bengals have seen the league's highest running back target share over expected this season. That's a stat according to JJ Zacharyson. So, you know, it just sets up as a good situation for DeAndre Swift, who has delivered as a PPR back throughout this season so far. Yeah, Swift is a cash play until he gets into the 7,000s. I'm not sure why his DraftKings price hasn't risen more than it has. GPP side, what do you like? I love Daryl Henderson. I was surprised to see his Fancher ownership come in as high as it is. I think Kareem Hunt, that situation, and Fancher hasn't really updated for that. Yeah, I think that's going to pull some ownership away from Daryl Henderson. I'm going to play some some Henderson in tournaments. Um, I think he'll end up around 10 to 15% owned. Then I think Zeke Elliott's flying under the radar too, coming in at 11% ownership. Um, you know, since that week one a game game against the Bucks, and you know no, no one runs on the Bucks. Zeke has averaged 24 DraftKings points per game, 23 plus in three straight now. And you know the the Patriots defense has been tougher against the pass than the run so far. So that really should just push Dallas to you know another run heavy game plan, which they've been doing anyways. Yeah, I mean the risk on Zeke is that he's not getting a whole lot of receiving, but he's getting a ton of rushing in their run leaning now. It's a matchup that should keep them on the ground plenty. And I mean for New England side, 
they'd probably rather have Dallas pushing the run game than throwing it to CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, and everybody's favorite new tight end, Dalton Schultz. So, <laughs> yeah, there, there's plenty to like there, and the price is still good on Zeke Elliott as well, because, probably because he's not catching a whole bunch of passes. Really, I think there's a lot to mess with at running back. And what I was going to say is we have these ownership projections on Friday, but those are definitely something to check back on throughout the weekend because by Sunday they definitely – a lot of times shift quite a bit. You know, we have the late breaking news. We have the injuries come out on Friday afternoon after a lot of people have posted articles and done these podcasts. So there's going to be different talk about it. There's going to be different ownership projections here. I'm going to have to be checking to see where all these guys land come Sunday. I think one thing that I'm going to do is probably lean away from Daryl Williams, Devontae Booker, Khalil Herbert types in tournaments, because I think that they all will check in at fairly high ownership rates, and really all three of them could bust. I mean, no matter how many touches they get, there's a reason that they're all backups. Uh, So none of them is a given, and I think in that range, if you do want somebody at that price, uh, J.D. McKissick could be a low-owned pivot at 4800 bucks. And, you know, we talked about Terry McLaurin's injury. Even if McLaurin's in the game, Washington's dealing with plenty of other injuries, and if they fall behind the Chiefs, which is entirely possible, McKissick could get more involved, could see some uh, target upside in that game. I like that call. The other guy that stood out to me in that range of those cheap running backs is Javante Williams at five thousand bucks. Um, you know, and he's obviously a worse touch bat than Devontae Booker and Daryl Williams and Cleo Herbert. But you know, his talent in the matchup against the Raiders, I think you know Williams has a chance to outscore all those guys. And we're waiting to see if Melvin Gordon's going to play. Right? Did he come in questionable? Yeah, unless it is questionable. I think he's going to play, but um, you know, who knows how big a deal the injury is? Wide receiver for cash. Where? What are you playing? I'm going to go back to Keenan Allen, who's, you know, been mostly, I mean, he, he's been okay. You know, he's put up double digit DK points in every game, um, but yeah, it's been kind of frustrating if you've been playing Keenan, watching Mike Williams steal all, you know, or most of the fantasy points. Mike Williams too, we haven't even mentioned him yet, but he's questionable with his knee injury. It seems very questionable. He didn't practice all week. So, you know, if, if Williams is out, I think Keenan becomes close to a lock in cash mm-hmm. for me, uh, but 6,400 bucks for a guy who is third among wide receivers in targets fifth in our expected fantasy points. You know, he's underachieved his volume so far. I don't think that's going to continue. Yeah. He might be a buy in season long fantasy right now. It's not, I haven't really thought about it, I guess because I'm so focused on how many fantasy points they're scoring out there not realizing Mm -hmm. that Keenan Allen's not scoring at the rate we expected. But like you mentioned, third at the position in targets. So at 6,400 bucks, I mean, that's a a lock, especially in a matchup where they're probably going to be throwing the ball plenty I also like Michael Pittman at 5,500 bucks, the number one wideout for the Colts. He has caught six plus passes in four straight games now and still 5,500 matchup. That's not scary for anything against Houston. I was surprised that Houston's ninth in pass defense DVOA. I don't believe it. I I think that that's going to change because I just don't see how they could stay at that point. They don't, I don't think they have the players to do that. Also one more guy to mention. I think Jared, you mentioned him on the Thursday pod, but (laughs) This is where I'll entertain Amon Ross St. Brown at 4,200 bucks, eight targets in two straight games. I think, I, I, you know, when I was first looking at our lineup generator, I saw Adam Humphreys sitting up there at 3,400. I was like, Adam Humphreys, huh? And then I saw Amon Ross St. Brown at 42. I'm like, oh, I think maybe I'll go for Amon Ross St. Brown ahead of Adam Humphreys. Yeah, I think I think he's in play. Hawkinson's still dealing with the the knee injury. Quintess Epas out, Tyra Williams still out. So yeah, I think Amon Ra. Is a is a nice target bet for that forty two hundred dollar price tag. GPP side, what do you like? I, I'm a glutton for punishment, so I'm going to go back to Odell Beckham here. Um, he's down to fifty one hundred dollars, and, and no one's going to play him. He's projected at two percent ownership. 
Last week was bad, but let's remember, you know, he he had 18 expected fantasy points in week three and 19 expected fantasy points in week four. So the usage was there in his first two games back. Uh, you know, Baker Mayfield didn't connect on him, connect with him um, in that week four game enough. But, you know, the opportunity was there. So I'm going to take another shot in tournaments. I, I still think Beckham, you know, has 20-point games in him this season. What's the latest that we've heard on the weather forecast there? Yeah, it's supposed to be windy, like 15 to 20 mile per hour winds is what I've seen. But, you know, I, I don't – I don't – I don't factor that in until Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, if we get to Sunday and it's like 20 mile per hour sustained, I'd probably get off that those passing games, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah, because that's what I was wondering about. I think that that could just wind up being a sneaky game for upside if the weather looks okay when we get to Sunday. I, there's plenty of talent on both sides, Beckham, and then um, on the Arizona side, obviously, even without their head coach and apparently quarterback's coach as well. So I think that'll be, be a matchup to look at and a forecast to check. I usually don't pay a whole lot of attention to weather, even come mm-hmm. Sunday, but that'll be one situation to watch. I also want to see, obviously, the Terry McLaurin, Tyreek Hill injuries that day. And I think at wide receiver, it affects McCole Hardman's outlook a lot. Mm-hmm. I'll be curious to see, you know, first, if Tyreek Hill's in there, we're expecting him to be. But if he's out, McCole Hardman takes a huge step up because the one – area in which we've seen him go off in his career has been when Tyreek Hill is out and I, you know, maybe go off is not the right word, but that's when we've seen his target shares spike Mm -hmm. is he can be there, you know, step down, but fill in for Tyreek Hill uh, in that role when he's not playing. So I'll be curious to see that. And I'll also be interested to see what Michael Hardman's ownership projection is come Sunday morning, because if he's high in that regard, then he'll be totally off my radar. Yeah, he's going to be high if Tyreek Tyree kills out. So I, I'd almost rather have Hill play than I think Hardman's a better tournament option. Tight end for cash. It's kind of hard to not start with Ricky Seals-Jones, huh? Yeah, it's, it's it's RSJ for me, especially with the McLaurin news now. RSJ is basically Logan Thomas for $3,000. He's playing the same exact role. He's out there for every snap. He's running around in like 90% of the pass plays. He got eight targets last week. So, you know, that, that alone for the price makes him a good play. And then you get this matchup against, against Kansas City, which just makes him an even better play. And it's, you know, with some backups, you have to talk yourself into them being uh, an 80% fill-in. But this guy has been a tight end for his entire career. Logan Thomas used to be a quarterback. So <laughs> we're probably not really taking a talent drop-off from Logan Thomas to Ricky Seals-Jones. Uh, so, yeah, there, there's no stretch needed here. And even if he's 35% owned in a 50-50, or even when we get to the GPP side, even if he's high-owned at 3000 bucks, you know, he can tank at 3K, at high ownership, and still not take you out of contention. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't do this in cash, but in tournaments, I think you can play RSJ at tight end and then play Travis Kelsey in the flex. Because Kelsey, you know, if, if we didn't have RSJ at 3,000, Kelsey would be in play in cash for me this week because he's down to his lowest price of the season at $7,000. So I, I, I'm going to consider doing that in tournaments, You know, in, in those Washington Chiefs game stacks, playing both of these tight ends. Yeah, and I mean, especially when we're talking about Kelsey, it's easy to make the case for him because he's a top eight wide receiver yeah. perennially in fantasy points. So you can think of him as a tight end, but he definitely scores as a wide receiver one. And on the GPP side, even if I'm not playing, even if I want to get away from Ricky Seals Jones here, I'm gonna. It's gonna try to be. To, it's going to be to try to get up to Kelsey at seven thousand. There are other guys that you can use, but there's nothing exciting. There's nothing that I'm I'm really pointing at as something that I want to. Uh, play at high volume it's it's either going down to rsj or going up mm-hmm. to travis kelsey yeah I'm, I'm with you for the most part there i do think those are gonna be the two highest owned tight ends so i do think the guys in the middle are gonna get left out a bit i i do think mark andrews is interesting um he didn't get a price bump because his 
big game came on Monday Night Football. You know, we, we saw the upside last week, and the Chargers have been tough against wide receivers, but kind of a, a, just a middling matchup for tight ends. Um, Football Outsiders actually has them 29th in tight end coverage. They gave up um, – they just gave up the big game to David Njoku, of course. They gave up over 100 yards to Travis Kelsey. They gave up touchdowns to Darren Waller and Logan Thomas. So it definitely could be a game that's that the passing game is more focused on Mark Andrews than it is Marquise Brown. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even if they throw to both of them, it's a, a fairly concentrated target tree. Although we'll see what, what role Rashad Bateman plays this week. Apparently he's going to play, not factoring him into anyone else's projection just yet, though. On defense, I'm starting with the Vikings at 2900 bucks. I mean, Sam Darnold has been not very good for the past two weeks, especially last week against the Eagles. He threw three interceptions, so he's showed us that ultimate ceiling for the team defense against him. I think there are some other sneaky options as well for tournament use, but I'll let you throw out your def- any other defense picks. No, yeah, it's Vikings for me in cash. Um, you know, they are second in sacks through five weeks. They're third in adjusted sack rate. And the, the, the Panthers have allowed the sixth most sacks and they're 24th in adjusted sack rate. So it's, it's one of the bigger, you know, D line, O line mismatches of the week. And like you said, you know, Sam Darnold can struggle when under pressure. So I like Minnesota for cash. Um, I like Carolina on the opposite side of that game for, for tournaments, same exact price, just, just a good defense and they're at home. So I like them. I, I kind of like the chiefs too. Um, I know they're horrible in real life, but if we're going to get, you know, 50 Taylor Heineke pass attempts, like I, I like the guy, but I, he's probably going to turn it over a few times and you'll know, probably take some sacks. So I, I think the chiefs are a little interesting for tournaments only. I think the Cowboys at 3,200 are also interesting. They're kind of sneakily priced in the middle there and they don't stand out, but you know, they could be looking at 40 to 45 Mac Jones pass attempts, which would be a similarly attractive thing. And the Cowboys have been playing much better than the chiefs on defense so far. I think Arizona at 2,700 is also, you know, somewhat sneaky. Arizona has been one of the better defenses in the league. No Nick Chubb for the Browns, you know, obviously changes things a bit. I know they still have Kareem Hunt, but you know, if they're that run heavy and they're missing one of their top two running backs, then uh, it makes them a little bit more fragile. So I think some upside to Arizona in that matchup. Yeah, no Chandler Jones for them, which hurts, but um, I still think they're an option for tournaments. Mm-hmm. And that's going to do it for this week six DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com to get more player recommendations. If you're a DS insider, then you can check out Jared's cash game picks as well as top GPP options. From Corey Bushland, you can also mess around with our lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections and fan share ownership projections. For more discussion of DFS and other formats, you can also join the free DraftSharks Discord. You can find the link to do that in the description for this podcast. For Jared Smola and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Schaff saying thanks so much for swimming with us.